You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back, folks, to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, I will be previewing Notre Dame's matchup this weekend against Syracuse. Ryan and I will then do another draft prospect profile, this time for Robert Hainsey, wrapping up the show with an interesting article that ranks the top recruits from the 2019 recruiting class for college football. And as you might suspect, there's a Notre Dame guy in the top 10. Stay tuned for the end to check out who that guy is. You could probably guess, folks, but if you want to hear who it is, uh, stick around for that final segment. Before we get to that, though, I am Joe DeLeon, former college football player, joined by Ryan Roberts, who is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So let's get to know this Syracuse team, folks. Game is being played 2 p.m. on Saturday, the 20th. This Syracuse team right now, 12 and 6 on the season, 6 and 5 in conference, meaning Notre Dame is not too far off from them in the standing. So a victory here will give them a tiebreaker. It will help them out as the final few weeks of ACC play are starting to get very, very close. So this game is going to be played at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse, and it's worth noting this Syracuse team is 10-1 and while playing at the Carrier Dome this season. And it's, it can pretty much go without saying, the Carrier Dome is not the typical venue that it usually is. It is often considered to be one of the most difficult places to play, which wouldn't surprise you with that 10-1 and record on a normal season. But right now, not many fans allowed in the stands. I don't even know if there are even any fans allowed to be playing, or sorry, allowed to be in the stands for any of the Syracuse basketball games, but still not an easy location to play because of the venue. What The way that it's built, all of that stuff factors into why a lot of teams struggle to win games when visiting the Carrier Dome, even this season. So right now, the Syracuse team going a little bit further and helping you understand what to expect currently on a two-game winning streak they've beaten nc state they beat boston college two of the weaker teams in the acc two of the bottom feeders right now who notre dame has been able to push past so i i can't really say that they're heads above both of those programs because a couple losses puts them back down in that bottom four bracket but nc state boston college not the best teams in the acc Their last loss came to Clemson. That was a pretty brutal loss. And overall, just looking at their schedule this year, their worst losses, there's a handful of them. They lost to Pitt by three, which is notable because Notre Dame has beaten Pitt. But on top of that, the second time that they played Pittsburgh, they lost by 20. So they got smoked the second time that they played them. Additionally, they've lost to UVA by 23 points. Which is an interesting thing to note here because Notre Dame might have lost to UVA twice this season, but they did not lose by over 20 points on on either occasion. They additionally have a a 27-point loss to Clemson, which is that most recent loss against the Tigers. So a number of these games are, are pretty lopsided. They come out and they play well against good programs, 
But for some reason, on some occasions, when they lose, they lose bad. And thankfully, that is one thing that we have not seen from Notre Dame, where they lose a lot of really close basketball games, but they're not getting completely blown out. It it has happened rarely this year, but for the most part, their losses have been the result of building up leads and then eventually blowing those leads. That is a completely separate issue. Their best win, and this one's very notable, is against Virginia Tech, a 78-60 win over the Hokies. So that is a team that Notre Dame has struggled to perform against, and they have handedly beaten them. It's a bit of a mixed bag here. You can't really draw too much from looking at their schedule because they do a lot of things really well. They play well against most opponents. When they are down, they are down bad. But when they are in full swing, full go, they can beat one of the top teams in the conference like Virginia Tech. Diving into the statistics and understanding what this team is good at, and we're going to get to hear more of this team's makeup when we talk to Tyler Aki. They're not very good at shooting around 44% from the field, around 30 or so percent from three-point. But what has been their identity is their defense and their ability to protect the basketball while turning over their opponent. So they've only allowed 30% to their opponents from the three-point line. They've also averaged a positive 3.7 turnover margin in all of their basketball games. Both of these things are the two statistics that I often look for when analyzing Notre Dame's upcoming opponents for this season. And if you've tuned into the show before, you know why that I do that. I do that because when Notre Dame plays teams that play really good perimeter defense, they tend to struggle. When they can't get their looks, they eventually start to chuck up shots, forcing a lot of opportunities that then puts them in a, a cold streak shooting from, from deep, and then they can't dig themselves out of it because often they don't really do a whole lot else. Their offense is built around being able to shoot the three and then playing good defense alongside it to build a big lead and try to protect it. They don't do a very good job of protecting it from time to time, but that is how they've been able to successfully win games, and that's why they've blown out a lot of ACC opponents is because they shoot really well from three, they will kill you from deep, and then they play really, really good defense. And that comes from Leshevsky, that comes from Hub. Heck, uh, Nick Jogo can even do it off the bench. Cormac Ryan can do it off the bench. There's a lot of really good three-point shooters. So that is something I'm going to be monitoring in this game because if they can't shoot and Syracuse is playing lockdown perimeter defense, which they probably will. Don't be surprised if Notre Dame is not shooting well or those opportunities are straight up just not there. We can see that this is a good perimeter defense. What does Notre Dame do to respond? Can Juwan Durham step up? Can he score down low in the post? Is Nate Leshevsky willing to attack the basket instead of taking shots from deep? Can Prentice Hub drive? All of those things are going to be important for scoring when the starters are out there. Otherwise, they're not going to put up very many points, and this could be a difficult outing. Noting on their best players, there's two guys that have caught my eye, and I'm going to ask Tyler about these guys 
Alan Griffin, 15.8 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, a six foot five forward, and then Quincy Gurrier, 15.5 points per game, and then 9.1 rebounds per a six foot seven forward. Garrier is the one who scares me a little bit here because, as I mentioned, the performance of Jawan Durham is going to be important for this game. And Gurrier is a smaller forward who is really good at rebounding. He is averaging almost a double-double because of his rebounding. And we've seen Jawan Durham struggle against smaller forwards who he has a 4-5 to inch height advantage. He struggled while trying to rebound. And we can't have one of those games from Jawan Durham. He gets down on himself. He gets beat up. Hopefully, he can at least take advantage of this matchup on the offensive end, play well in the post. So those are a lot of the things that we're going to be looking for in this game. And we're going to get to know this team a little bit more when we speak with Tyler Aki. Coming up, we are going to do our next NFL draft prospect profile. Now we're going to be doing Robert Hainsey. Before we get to that, though, folks, Ryan, why don't you talk to our listeners about Rock Auto? I'm trying to help you save some frustration during auto repair times. Every, if you've been, had to replace a part in your car, had the trouble of doing it yourself, you know how frustrating that moment can be. And what makes it even worse is there's some chain stores that have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com, on the other hand, their prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for, for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks de- delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we were the ones that sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're covering everything that you need to know about Notre Dame, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by great Peter Bukowski, the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning. It's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today on the Locked On Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. So Ryan, we've got another draft prospect profile as we're we're actually getting close to being basically done with all of these, but we're, we're pushing through on these day three guys. So today is going to be Robert Hainsey, who played tackle at Notre Dame, was doing some snapping and playing some guard 
while at the Senior Bowl. And I think that we both agree here in terms of his traits and what he does. He's probably best fit at at center because of his length. He's not that long of an offensive lineman. And I ultimately, we don't have anything to go off of from his time at Notre Dame playing center. But what we do have is uh, a good amount of tape from the Senior Bowl. And I ultimately, like I said, a lot. I was impressed. I thought that he did a lot better than I expected. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been quoted to saying this, like, and we talked about this a lot after the Senior Bowl. I think Robert Hainsey helped himself more than any Notre Dame football player down in Mobile because we are talking about a right tackle only at Notre Dame. His entire career was at right tackle, four years. Comes to the Senior Bowl, measures in over six foot four, which was to be expected, 32 inch arms. So immediately you're like, no possibility. You can't play tackle. You can't with 32 inch arms. I know there's some people that are going to push back against that and say that uh, <laughs> thresholds are, are overrated and all this type of thing, but it's not. 32 inch arms is not going to cut it outside. And you see it on film. There's some times where he's reaching and, and he's trying to step play side and he makes good contact, he gets good position, but guys slip off of him just because he just doesn't have that that radius to really you know create leverage and keep leverage. So he's going to move inside. Your natural first thought is guard. Like it makes most sense, right? Usually guys bump in, so next step would be guard. But what he did at the Senior Bowl at center, I thought it was a revelation. Because you, you could have sold me on Robert Haynes and said, the guy could be a guard at the next level, and he could be a swing player, play guard tackle, and he could be that that guy that could back up multiple positions, and that's how he makes his career. And that's all well and good, and I think that there is a, a nice upside for Robert Haynes because I think he's rock solid. But then you see him at center, and now I have to rethink what my, my strategy here because you have never seen the guy in a college football game snap the football. You have never seen him play anything else but right tackle. So he had a lot riding on the senior bowl performance. And then I see him at center. And honestly, I'm looking at him now. Six four plus, battle tested, physical, good athlete for center. And now he could snap and he showed a lot of good things. And in his first real live action at center, he dominated on many reps against some of the best defensive linemen in all of college football in the NFL draft this year. So now it- hey. Starting center, maybe potentially. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see why not. He seems like he has the upside for that. Yeah, I, I think that's what the outlook is going to be on Robert Hainsey for a team that needs a center, but doesn't really have the capital to draft one early or has bigger needs to address early. Using Robert Hainsey as a potential developmental guy, I think. I think that's how a lot of teams are going to view him. I don't see him turning into a top player at the position, but I think becoming a starter at center for some team that wants a a cheap option, I think that's more than possible. Definitely more than possible. And the way that he snapped at the at the Senior Bowl is also a pretty good indication that he spent some time doing it. And I would be willing to bet he's definitely worked on it in his time at Notre Dame. Otherwise, he probably would have made more mistakes snapping the football. And that exchange is something that people tend to take for granted. It's a lot more complicated and a lot harder to do than you would think because you need to be snapping and stepping without allowing for any redirection of where you're following through and where the football goes. So um, that is a positive here with Robert Hainsey. It's pretty safe to say, as I already said, day three, five to seven is probably where he gets selected. 
Yeah, yeah, five to seven is where I'm looking. I mean, I think an offensive line coach might might talk themselves in a little earlier, maybe in the fourth round, just because he's been a guy that's played so much football and he has the versatility to to him. Usually, when guys are playing or snapping, right, like they're learning how to snap in the pre draft process, you're just making yourself more valuable. But for guys like Robert Hainsey and Quinn Miners from uh, UW Whitewater, like now people are starting to think like, hey, they might have some upside as a center. And I still think that five through seven is a good spot for Robert Hainsey just because at the end of the day, although he had a really dominant senior ball performance and a really nice week, you know, inside at guard and center, you still haven't seen it in a live game besides for the, for the senior bowl, right? Like you haven't seen it. So you're mm-hmm. it's still a gamble to a degree, but – with it, with what Robert Hainsey is, what he's been revered at, he's a leader, he's a communicator, he's a tough, hardworking kid that's never had any problems off the field. He's been one of those guys that players look up to. He's been th- that type of leader for Notre Dame for years now. So I don't have any worry about him being the first man in, last man out. Like I think he has that type of work ethic to him, and he has the baseline traits to be successful. So I'm excited about Robert Hainsey, and I think that a team is going to get a player on day three at worst is a – swing player that could back up multiple positions and that's a valuable commodity on a football team last bit here where we think that he'd be a good fit and the the one that i i really like the most here is the eagles because they have jason kelsey right now kelsey regressed last season he's starting to get older and i see hainsey's situation is coming into a spot where they have a starting center they want to bring in Hainsey, and he doesn't have to play this season. They can see how he develops. And if then they're, they're not satisfied with his development, they can then figure it out after Jason Kelsey is gone. They're probably going to try to shake things up within the next few years because let's be realistic, Howie Roseman is, is likely working for to keep his job right now despite Jeff Lurie uh, being very willing to keep him yeah. uh, over the – current turbulent part of his his career but who are some of the other teams that you think make sense well i think the eagles is a great one joe and i love that one that you highlighted there just because you know life after jason kelsey they also got a guy in 2020 nfl uh, after the draft luke jariga who was the, actually made the team as an undrafted free agent that i'm a big fan of but hey i think creating competition at that position that's so important like you you need to at least have depth there so robert hansey mm-hmm. i think fits in there great couple other teams that are going to be in the center market Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, is the obvious one, right? Because they uh, have Marquise Pouncey now uh, retiring this offseason. They need to figure out what the center position is going to look like. I don't think Robert Ainsley is the immediate the immediate solution to that. But again, creating competition, getting multiple players in the in the in the organization that that could fight for that job, and then see what Robert Ainsley type uh, develops into down the line. I think that's a really good proposition for them. And then the Los Angeles Rams, who are set to lose Austin Blythe potentially this offseason, their starting center. Um, and I, you know, Austin Blythe was a very solid football player for the Rams over the last couple of years. And he's just very rock solid center. But I think that he's a guy that, like you're talking about, like, hey, is there are they just a stopgap? Are they a long-term solution? I don't think the Rams are gonna go bananas trying to get Austin Blythe back. Like he doesn't move the needle that much, in my opinion. So getting a guy like Robert Hainsey in the later rounds to maybe compete with another free agent or maybe even bring Austin Blythe back but still have that guy on on a short-term contract that can compete with a guy like Austin Blythe, I think that it makes a lot of sense. And there are a few teams that are going to have a need at the center position, which outside of left tackle is probably the most important position on the offensive line. Coming up, we will discuss how Notre Dame players were ranked in a CBS article relating to the 
2019 recruiting class. Before we get to that, though, folks, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online might be over. Oh, sorry, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline also has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use that code locked on to get that 50% bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, folks, if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy listening to the show. Brian, let's wrap up here with uh, discussing this article that I stumbled upon. Well, why don't you fill us in on what it was hitting on? The The gist of it, though, was it was ranking the top players from the 2019 class and how they've been performing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an article. Uh, Barrett Salee, basically, like you said, they, they re-ranked the players. Um, it, it's just kind of like a... I think kind of, you know, in retrospect, looking back at how things have shaken out over the last couple of years. So we're talking about players that are now going into their junior season. So as expected, I, the player that made this list and why we really wanted to highlight it was Kyle Hamilton, who is a, obviously, I mean, if you watch Notre Dame football on a weekly basis, like number 14, right? Six foot four, 220 <laughs> pounds. He's the guy on defense that is a potential top 10 player in the NFL draft next year, 2022. Like I think I, I had that higher praise for him only a one year starter first year, full-time starter as a sophomore has already had 97 tackles, five interceptions, returned an interception for a touchdown, 12 passes defended. He's a kind of guy in a in a, a very versatile defender that you could see Kyle Hamilton line up anywhere from in the slot, single high too high in the box he is a fantastic football player, and he was actually um, a little backstory. I actually did a couple interviews with Kyle when he was in high school, and when I did the interviews with him, he was still a three-star recruit. He wasn't a, a guy where you looked at and, and said, like, oh, that's a slam dunk five-star. He was going into his senior year because he had a growth spurt very late into his high school career, and then all of a sudden before signing day, oh, Kyle Hamilton didn't just bump from three to four. He's <laughs> three to five-star bump. So it's just a really cool thing. Uh, the second defensive back on the list, only behind Derek Stingley, who's been a revelation at cornerback for LSU um, over the last couple of years. Just a really cool story to see Ky- the rise of Kyle Hamilton and Notre Dame fans. I would, I would, you know, try, start to appreciate him as much as possible over the next, you know, several months here going into the 2021 season. Because I, from an NFL draft perspective, I'm here to tell you. It's very likely that 2021 is going to be uh, Kyle Hamilton's last in ND. Yeah, he's he's likely not coming back for very long. This article, uh, Barrett Sally was the one who published it. Not surprisingly, Sam Howell is the number one, and then Kayvon Thibodeau is number two, which I'd honestly put Kayvon Thibodeau over Sam Howell. That's just me. But Kyle Hamilton at 10 uh, definitely deserves to be on there, and he is going to be the prized name for the secondary. And just like people right now are overthinking Jeremiah Usukoromoa, come the end of next season, people are going to overthink Kyle Hamilton because he's so 
gosh da- darn big playing safety. What, what position We're gonna get so is he many, gonna play? What right, so many people are gonna be like, what position is he gonna play? He's gonna play strong safety and he's gonna be able to cover tight ends and receivers because he's fast enough. Like why what is there to question? Dude, I think I think he could be a free safety. Like it's that absurd. I know it's like you're you never see guys that big playing free safety. Like I get why people are gonna be like six four through twenty like I get it. Right. But like the range on the back end is dumb. I don't wanna like put a unfair cop on him because I don't like to do that. I mean Uh-oh. but Sean Taylor, dude, like, is is it not there? Like, I mean, it, it makes so I much sense. I can see sense. it. The guy, yeah, I mean, I mean he Hamilton, was big too. Hamilton doesn't make t- doesn't miss tackles. He's always in the proper spot. He has outstanding range in the back end. Like, he's gonna be a guy when, in NFL draft circles. People are gonna try so hard to poke holes in him, but then you're gonna be like, ha, huh, that's that's your that's your <laughs> that's your negative. Wow, oh, he's a little high cut. Okay, <laughs> sorry to hear that. I mean, like, okay. So just to wrap this up and hitting on some of the other guys that were in this 2019 recruiting class, Kyle Hamilton was considered to be the top player that Notre Dame bagged from the group. Zeke Corral right behind him. And where this was mentioned in the, uh, the Irish wire article where we found the CBS sports article, um, that Corral, you know, he's gotten onto the field. We've gotten to see him a little bit, but we're, we're, you know, we're still not entirely there yet. The only other notable name that I see on here right now that has had a contribution, is Kyron Williams, who's pretty far down on this list. And then uh, Maris Loyfowl's also on here. He was a three-star. Jack Kaiser was a three-star. There's a couple of these four-star guys that we haven't even really got the is, chance to see. But, is, you know, Kyle Fos- Hamilton, is what, Fos- what do you got? Is Foskey on the list? Just curious. I didn't see his name, but I don't know. Um, I th- yes, Isaiah Foskey is on this list. I'll say this, Joe. Here's a prediction. Isaiah- We're talking about the next two – next big – Notre Dame NFL draft prospects, right? Like, all right, Kyle Hamilton's probably a top 10 player next year's class. Don't be surprised if next year at this time we are talking about Isaiah Foskey as a first or second round pick. I know he hasn't played much, but when you compare him to Julian Aquar and Khalid Kareem and Adi Ogundeji and mm. uh, Dalen Hayes, this kid's the most talented. He just hasn't seen the field enough yet. He had four and a half sacks last year in a backup role. I think this kid's going to have double-digit sacks, and before it is all said and done – he could be in that stratosphere and in that conversation. And he's also graduated from the same school as the David Turner. Fun fact. Hey, LaSalle, baby. That's it. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, folks, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in tomorrow. We will have a crossover episode with Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse. Um, make sure you follow us on uh, social media, at Locked on Irish, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. And if you're looking for something else to tune into, check out Locked on Today. We'll talk to you later, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.